Well, I'm glad. I'm glad he'll receive us too. Amen. We can come to him just as we are. There's a lot of times you have people that say, "Well, you know, I'm going to do. I'm going to get things straightened out before I get saved." Hell's full of people like that. They plan on getting saved someday when they got straightened out, but the only one will straighten you out is the Lord. Amen. You come just as you are. Thank the Lord for that. Well, this morning, the important shield. Let's ask God to help us once again. Father, bless us and help us now. Clear minds and everything else. And Lord, help us to focus upon this very, very important part of the armor of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Many times, as I've said already, we have come to this portion of Scripture in Ephesians. Very familiar to, I think, probably anybody who's been saved very long. We've heard sermons. I've heard many people preach on it. I've preached. I, this page of my Bible has lots of notes here of, of sermons that I've preached from the book of Ephesians. And uh, I believe it's so important for us. Uh, uh, and, and, and the sad thing is, it's one of those areas there of the Christian life that we fail so oftentimes. We fail putting on the armor of God. We have it. It's available to us. But we have to put it on. You know, deer season's coming up soon. You guys, you ladies even know this. Us men have a lot of camouflage outfits. I have a closet full of stuff. But you know what? It doesn't do any good sitting in the closet. You got to put it on. You know, I, I go to the deer stand. I don't dress like this. I put my feet jammies on. Amen. And try to stay warm, but I, I don't. I don't dress like this. I put the camouflage on. Uh, I, I want when when it's winter time, we put the warm clothing on. Uh, we've got to put it on. You know, it'd be silly to go out. You know, it's below zero. I hate to say that, but it's going to happen again. It's going to be below zero, and you come in and you got icicles hanging from your nose, and and you're shivering. And I go, "Where's your coat?" You go, "It's in the closet." A lot of good that's going to do. The armor of God's not going to do you any good unless you put it on. And the thing is, you need to put it all on. My wife sometimes gets Did any of you ever notice I have cold hands? You all know that, don't you? You know, it's like when you shake hands with me, it's like shaking a dead man's hands, I think. And, uh, you know, uh, just the way it is, now you're really going to think of that every time. You know, you just, when you go by, you shake my hand, you can say this. You can say, he really looks good. That's what you say when you go past the casket, right? And so uh, you could say that to me. At least I'll take a compliment on it. But the, th the thing is that uh, my wife sometimes, when I'm driving, I got my coat on, and, and, and my hands, I'm kind of driving like this, you know, just kind of barely on, trying to get my hands. And she goes, where's your gloves? I'll go, they're in my pocket. <laughs> and sometimes they're in my other coat. And she goes, well, why don't you wear them? And honestly, I know she doesn't believe this, but I believe it because I know it's true that even when I put gloves on, my fingers are cold inside my gloves. In fact, they seem colder. I don't know what that's all about. It may be there's something wrong up here. And, uh, but, but the thing is, it doesn't do any good to have something you don't put on. And God tells us here to put on the whole armor of God. He said put on the whole armor, not part of it, but the whole armor of God, and that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, I believe this. I believe we're living in a time that we're in a battle. Well, let me say this. There's always been a time of battle. There's always been a time of battle. We looked at things, and we think about in Noah's day, and when God brought that great flood, and uh, I, I was listening to Lester Roloff, and you know, we oftentimes we talk about Noah's ark. You know, you think about it, it wasn't Noah's ark, it was God's ark. 
was God's ark. And, and, and Lester Roloff said this, if it was Noah's doing, it would have leaked. But it was God's doing. And it withstood the great water that came, the floods that came. But I think about, you know, in those days too, there was a lot of danger. There's always been danger in this old world. And I think about even the Garden of Eden. What happened? Adam and Eve were in the garden there. And Satan came along and tempted them. That was dangerous. And what happened? They fell for it. And they listened to Satan instead of listening to God. And I think about so many times we, we, we get into so many problems because we don't see the danger that is there. We live in a dangerous society today. I oftentimes say, I know some people don't agree with me on that, but that's all right. But I believe, I believe this, whenever you go anywhere, you need to keep your eyes open so you can protect yourself and your family. We live in a time, so well, it never happened here. You don't know it never happened. A lot of people said that. A lot of folks sitting in church said it would never happen in their church. A lot of people thought years ago in school it would never happen in school. But things happen. We live in a dangerous time. Therefore, we've got to be ready and really understand there is danger. You know, many times people get in trouble and they, they harm their bodies. They even sometimes die because they don't see the danger in something. How many kids, all of a sudden, they're standing on a roof and they think they can jump off the roof. They think now they can fly. They wrap a cape around their neck and they think they're going to fly like Superman. They jump off and what happens? They break some bones or they even have died before. Why would they do something like that? You say, well, they're stupid. Well, I don't know if it's so much they're stupid. They just don't see the danger involved in that. We, most all of us in this room, drive cars. Probably some in this room should not. But we drive cars. And you know how wonderful it is. I remember as a, as a boy, I looked forward to the day that I would get my driver's license and be able to drive. I thought how wonderful it would be able to drive. But I remember this, that my dad would always say, son, this automobile can cause a lot of harm. It's dangerous to get behind the wheel of a car. Though, to me as a boy, it was fun to get behind the wheel of a car. And, and, and we look and we think, boy, how wonderful it is. And it is wonderful to be able to drive. But there's a danger in driving, isn't there? We know that. And does that mean we don't drive? No, we drive, but here's what we got to do. What well, they always tell us, drive defensively. Because there's always that guy or woman who's not watching. There's always that song. Remember that woman, at, where was it, New York? I forget, I forget where it was. She was going like 80 miles an hour through town. She was on her way. She was a nurse, and she plowed through and killed a bunch of people. You know, I'm sure when she got in, she didn't think it was a dangerous thing she was getting into. But there was danger in that car. That car has the ability to be able to, to run you into something, take you off, and where, 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 where harm could happen. Many people try different feats, and uh, uh, people try to take, now people take selfies all the time. And they get their cameras up, and they like to go to the edge of the, uh, of the Grand Canyon and take a picture of themselves or go to a cliff and take a picture of themselves like this, where many people have fallen over and died. We don't see the danger. Young people today taking drugs, not only young people, but adults too. We hear it all the time, the taking of drugs. And you know what they do? I'm sure they're not saying, you know what, if I take this, it's probably going to kill me. But the truth of the matter is, it could kill them. But they don't see the danger, and they pop the pill thinking they're going to feel better. We don't see the danger. How many people have crippled themselves? How many people have died over doing something because they ignored the danger of doing it? 
We sometimes we just throw caution to the wind rather than being serious about the danger that is there. So there is a danger in everything that we do. Now you think about it, ladies, when you cook, there's a danger. <laughs> you could poison everybody in the family. <laughs> but there's a danger because the stove gets hot. And if you have a gas stove, you know, what happens? That flame is there. Remember one time, we, we, we lived in uh, uh, Woodbury. What, something caught fire on the stove. And the flames are coming up. I said, what did you do? We live in a house built in the 1860s. I thought, man, this place is going to burn down. We're trying to get, couldn't get it out there. And, and we're calling, my, my wife said, call 911. She called 911. She had to look it up in the phone book, the number of it. But uh, she called 911 to call. Uh, say, and we, we're on the phone waiting for them to answer the phone. In the meantime, I finally got the fire out. But the thing is, many a house is burned down from a fire on the stove. You're in your garage working on your car. Many people have died when a car fell on them. There's danger all around us. Little children walking along the street in Walmart. You watch, a lady came out of Walmart the other day, had two little children there about this big. And she's walking. She kept saying, come on now, stay with me. Walking through the parking lot, not holding on to their children. You know what? She didn't see a danger. Now, thank the Lord they made it. Thank the Lord I was there and I stopped. But there's a lot of people not watching. They're checking their phones. You watch them as they walk out. They're checking them as they drive away. Some little child. Get, there's danger all around us. And so we've got to be careful. We've got to be on our toes and watching out for that, that danger. But here we find there's a danger also in the spiritual world. There's a danger, God said, so much so that God says, put on the whole armor of God. He didn't say, put it in a suitcase and carry it with you. He didn't say, have a closet in your house where you have the armor of God. He said, put on the armor of God. The armor of God is not something for us to hang up on display. It's something for us to put on. Why? There's danger. You say, well, preacher, I think I can handle it. Then why would God tell us to put that armor on? Because we cannot handle it. Every piece of the armor is very important, and we're commanded to put every piece of it on. And so I look down the word of God, and I read all about all the different things that our loins be girt about with truth. And oh, how we need truth. That's very important. I'm glad I know what truth is. Thy word is truth. This old King James Bible is the truth. And I'm glad we've got to have that. We loin, our, our loins need to be girt about with truth. We need to have the breastplate of righteousness. Oh, thank the Lord for that righteousness that we have in Christ Jesus. Not righteousness that I have, but the righteousness in Christ Jesus. I look also and I find that our feet are to be shod with the preparation of the gospel. And we need to know what the gospel is. Every one of us in this room ought to be able to lead someone to Christ. If somebody came up to you and said, what must I do to be saved? Every one of us ought to be able to lead them to Christ. We need to have the preparation of the gospel. We need to have the helmet of salvation. I think that's knowing that you're saved. Have your mind knowing that you're saved. You may be sitting here today and say, Preacher, I hope I'm saved. You don't have to sit there and hope so. You can know so. Salvation is a know-so salvation. So we've got to know, if we're going to make it in this Christian life, if we're going to be successful, we've got to put all this armor on, have that helmet of salvation, and then we need the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Well, thank God for the Bible. Boy, how we need it, how we need to be in it, how we need to know it and read it and see what it has to say. But you notice in verse number 16, he said something I thought was very interesting. He said, above all, taking the shield of faith. 
wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Above all, it's interesting, of all the vital, important uh, pieces of the arm of God, and, and again, God said put on all of it. But God said something extra about the shield of faith. He said, above all. Now, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but to me it's like this. God's saying, the most important one is the shield of faith. Above all. Right? Above all. It wasn't because it was so prettier. It wasn't because, you know, you know it, was, it was because this, this is above all. This is so important. And I begin to think about that. Why is it so important? Well, it tells us that it quenches all the fiery darts of the wicked. But above all tells me it's the most important part. And what is it? The shield of faith. You know, I think sometimes we have this idea, well, you know, faith, that's important, but it's not that important. He said above all. Above all. So I put on all these other parts of the, uh, 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 of the armor of God, but he says above all is that shield of faith. We need to protect our minds. I believe we've got to be careful what we put in our minds, in our heads. Amen. I think it's a shame what's happening to our children today in the public school system. You say, why don't you ever say something good about the public school system? I'll say this. Thank the Lord for, for, for Christian teachers. But I'm against the public school system. Teaching our boys and girls things that they should not be taught. Teacher, children coming home saying all of a sudden they're gay, they're lesbians, they're homosexuals. Where now in America they have drag shows with children participating. It used to be something was done in dark areas where no one else knew about, where a bunch of creeps would get together and they would do that. Now they have it in our libraries in America. They have in our community centers in America, and now they're letting boys and girls participate in the drag queen, or I guess it would be boys, I don't know. But now they're doing with our children. They're teaching our children, you're whatever sex you think you are. They say, like, say, gender. There's like 40-some genders now. It's just crazy. I think, you know, I think, I, I think we need to keep our minds straight because there's so much today. Why is it that Americans' children and parents are going along with it? Why would parents take their children to a drag queen thing? They've allowed things to come into their mind. Put on that helmet. Put on that, those, those, those all the pieces there. Make sure that you shield your mind. We need to make sure we shield our minds. We need to shield our heart. You know, our hearts can get cold, can't they? Our hearts can get far from God. And God said, put on the whole armor of God. Why? I need to make sure I think the right things. I need to make sure that my heart is right. We can come to church and our hearts can be so cold. We need to make sure our hearts are right. And we've got to make sure our feet don't go places they should not go. We've got to have the armor on as we walk in this world. But the one thing that will defeat us faster than anything else, I think, is this. Faith. Or our lack of faith. I could start thinking the wrong things, but then I could say, you know what? No, 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 no. I know that's not right. 
I know I, I can, I can, I can, I can, uh, I, my heart can become a little cold, but yet I, I, I think I could still hang on a little bit here and I could get things right. But you see, when, when all of a sudden my faith is gone, it kind of makes my heart worse. It makes my mind worse. And my faith is gone. A faltering faith will bring disappointment. It'll bring discouragement. And ultimately, it'll bring defeat. You say, preacher, I, I believe that I need to think the right things. I believe I need to believe the King James Bible is the word of God. There's no error in it. I believe all those things. But my question to you is this morning, how's your faith? How's your faith? Even people, good people, even great people can be defeated when their faith is attacked, when they lose that faith. You see, Satan is, I believe, always constantly attacking our faith. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think probably most of us in this room here don't have a problem with Satan tempting us with liquor. Now, if, if he is, you need to get hold of that. But I probably would say most of us are not, hopefully all of us, we're not tempted with liquor. We're not tempted with taking drugs. We're not tempted with illicit life. That's not what the temptation is. Do you know what the temptation is oftentimes in Christians' lives? To lose faith. I just don't think God's going to do it. I love God and everything, but my faith is faltering. It brings us to a place of discouragement. Satan constantly about attacking our faith. That's probably one thing that I've seen in Christian lives happen so many times. It's not so much someone going off into a deep sin. It's folks cooling off because their faith has been attacked. Well, Satan has come and said, you know what? You think really God cares about you? Let me tell you something. Yes, he does. And you go through a trial and a hardship, and, it, and it's something you cannot get your, wrap your mind around. And you think, what in the world is happening? Don't you know God still cares? But Satan will say, well, where's your God now? Your God cares for you? You see, if we quit in our minds, we're defeated already. If we quit in our minds, we're defeated already. Because even though we may be doing what we're supposed to, we're defeated when our faith grows weak. When we go soul winning, we need faith. Trusting God because we cannot save anybody. We must have faith in God to help us to reach people for Christ. But we could still go soul winning. And our faith be gone. Going through the motions. And I think all of us understand our ranks these days are becoming thinner and thinner. A lot of change going on. A lot of things have gotten away from it. And I believe the world has crept into the church so much because Christians have not put the armor of God on. 
And so there's so many gaps, I think, in the line today and in the front line. And, and I think, you know, well, there's a great need for someone to step up. There's a great need for people to fill in the gaps. I was reading an article this week. They said about Christianity is at one of its lowest since, I forget when, forever. They say there, there's becoming more and more people that, that identify as something other than a Christian. Now, I realize a lot of people identify as a Christian because they're non-Jew. But think about this. They're saying now more people are now identifying as either a Muslim or uh, a Buddhist or something else or this. They identify as no religion. I identify with Jesus Christ. And I think, you know what? We're, we're looking at a time now in America. We look, God bless America. And you wonder, does anybody know God anymore? We, we, we look at our country and we think that patriotism is the, is the answer. I mean, I believe in patriotism, but patriotism is not the answer. God is the answer. Our problem sometimes, I think, is this. We put our faith in our government rather than our God. Oftentimes, there's nobody to stand in the gap. There's nobody that'll make the difference. Where's the voice? Like old John the Baptist was in the wilderness. Where are the voices today? Well, I'm afraid they're not speaking anymore. And it's not because they became drunkards. It's not because they, they, they got into drugs or illicit life. It's because their faith. And they get discouraged. And they give up. Instead of trusting God. We can still believe the right things and do the right things. But we've got to be strong in our faith. Even when, listen to this, even when things don't look so good. Amen. Turn the news on. Radio. TV or newspaper? Well, you don't turn the newspaper on. But look at it. A mess. Where are we headed? It looks like a mess. Oh, wait a minute, though. God's still on the throne. They say, they say you know, food is going up. Oh, believe me. That's why I stay in the car and let my wife go in the store. I hate getting mad and crying in front of everybody. And people, you know, heating fuel, heating oil. You know, you think, how are some people going to live, stay warm this winter? Oh, oh, wait a minute. God's still on the throne. Well, these jobs, what about my job? What if my job is not there? What if I don't make, what if all of a sudden now uh, the interest rates are going up and I'm just going to, I'm going to fall behind. We're living in a wicked world. What in the world is going to happen? I don't know. Well, I do know something. Jesus is coming again. But even if he tarries, I believe he'll take care of us while we wait. You know, we, things don't look so God, look so good. We need to remember God is still God. You know, some people, the world looks at God as like some old man in a rocking chair in heaven. God is not that way. God's as good and as great as he ever was. 
You know what the trouble is today? Our faith. Well, you know, I don't know if my loved one's ever going to get saved. Have faith. I don't know if we're going to make it. Have faith. We have a great God today. And I believe that one of the major areas where God, where Satan is fighting us is in that area of faith. That's why he said, above all, above all, hey, put on all the armor of God, but make sure you have that faith. You're trusting in God. You know, it's kind of like this. You put the armor of God on, understand who gave you the armor. There's something behind. You know, when I pick up things, I look and it says, made in China. Doesn't that give you comfort? Especially when you realize most of our, our medicines <laughs> come from China. I'm like, last time I checked, they don't like us too good. And look at all this. I think, you know, this is going to help. The, the automobile industry, we're putting this, this, this uh, airbag, almost said flea bag. I don't know why I would say that. But why do they put this airbag in your car and all of a sudden, poof, it goes off. You say, man, they're really, so, do you know that our God could take better care of us than GM? He said, above all, I find the importance of our faith. Look with me to 1 John, would you please? 1 John chapter number 5. 1 John chapter number 5, verses 4 and 5. Look what it says, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Well, that's something, isn't it? Did you see that? Overcometh the world. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory. Well, that's another good word there, isn't it? Victory. That overcometh the world. Even our, what? Well, I want to be an overcomer, don't you? I want to live above all the problems and the troubles and the trials of this old world. Look at verse number five. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. How can I be an overcomer? Believe Jesus. Believe him. He said, he said, think about it. He said, preacher, but it's really tough. Well, wait a minute. He already thought about that. When Jesus was preparing to go to heaven, go to the cross of Calvary, what did he do? He says, when I leave, I'll leave you comforter. Think of the word, comforter. Who was the comforter? The Holy Spirit. God's saying, hey, there's no reason for you to lack in faith. Yet Satan knows this. If he can destroy our faith, he will destroy everything in our spiritual life. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He said, well, you know, I just want to please the Lord. You know, I'm just trying to please the Lord best I can. Well, then make sure that, that you have faith in him. I believe God can do anything. You know, what's a little kid sing a song? God, what, uh, he can do anything, anything, anything. God can do anything but fail. God doesn't fail. You know, little kids believe him. You know, the Bible says we need to have childlike faith. Faith, like a child. child says, I believe what you tell me. You know, we need to believe what God's word says. I get sick and tired of folks always doubting the word of God. People say, well, I want some proof. I don't need the proof. I have the word of God. 
We talked to a young man the other day out soul winning. He said, he says, no, I'm not going to say. He says, I, 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 I'm a, I believe in, in uh, I'm a factual person. I think I'll mention it tonight in my message. He said, I'm a factual person. He wants to know facts. Do you know that this book is all facts? What was the difference in that man, 20 years old, and, and us, brother, brother, uh, brother Dallas and I, stand at porch? What was the difference there? Faith. That guy, he doesn't know where he's going to go. He doesn't know what the facts he says. And, and Brother Dallas said, and the guy said this, he said, I guess if Jesus walked up and, and shook my hand and said, I'll give you eternal life, I might do it. It's there in the book. It's there in the book. Jesus came to this earth so that we could be saved. But one of the most important things we can do as a Christian is to exercise our faith in God. In a sense, faith is the glue that holds everything else together. Without that faith, we're going to have problems as we put the shoes that and shod, our feet shod. And when we have the, uh, the breastplate on and everything else, all that's important. That's why God said put it all on. But he said make sure, above all, make sure you have the, uh, the, 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 the shield of faith. Above all. You see, without faith we'll not please him, nor will we overcome the world. You know, it's a shame that today that the Christian is not the one that has the joy. The Christian is the one going around with a sagging lip, thinking there's no hope. Let me tell you something. Our redemption draweth nigh. I mean, the Lord's coming any moment. I mean, many times out so well, you know, I said, you know, the Lord's coming again. And, I, and, I, and, and, and the other day when we were out, there were some beautiful white clouds. I said, you know, the Lord said he's coming, coming in the clouds. You know, there's some clouds up there right now. It could be today. Yeah, Washington's a mess. Uh, by the way, our world's a mess. Our communities are a mess. Our schools are a mess. But bless the Lord, Jesus is not a mess. And there's no reason for us to be a mess. Because our faith is in him. You say, well, what's going to happen in November when the elections take place? Well, somebody's going to get elected. And I'm going to guarantee you right now, you're not going to be happy about all of them. But once they're elected and they think they're a big shot, there's a God in heaven that can squish them like that. God is still on the throne. Our faith, that faith is the glue that holds everything together. Without faith, we'll not please him and we will not overcome the world. There's the fiery darts of the wicked. Think about Satan, how he deceives and he defiles and he deters and he divides and he, and he destroys lives. What does he do? The Bible says he shoots these fiery darts at us. He's always, that's why, again, I believe trying to get our faith to waver. Because if our faith, then God's like the Lord said, above all, have that shield of faith. Because what is Satan doing? He's hurling those fiery darts. Now these darts... If it was just darts, you probably would just oh, pull that dart out. Say, man, that hurt, that stung. But they're fiery darts. Not only with the sting of the dart as it hits you, but the burning of the fire. Satan's fiery darts is coming at us all the time. 
You say, well, he doesn't, he's throwing them at all of us. When we got saved, he didn't say, well, I might as well put these darts out now. I don't need them anymore. But he has these fiery darts. And, And then what happens, he's always shooting them at us, trying to cause us great harm and damage that we often, you know, here's what happens. The darts hit us because we don't have the shield of faith. And then we're ready to give up. I've seen people talk to people before. Yeah, I used to go to church, but you know, something happened in my life. My family, they left. My wife left. My husband left. Or maybe it was a death in the family. You know, I just just felt like God forsook me. God never forsook anybody. God came to give life. God came to seek and to save. God didn't forsake. You know why we would say he forsook us? Because we lacked. Satan says, I know how to get you. He could, you know, he'll say, here, drink some liquor. And the person says, I'll not drink liquor, but I'll tell you what, they'll lose their faith. Not trusting God. Worried about all the things of this world instead of trusting God. Satan hates our faith. Yeah, he sends temptations. But I think the thing that he does the most of is attacking our faith. Because when our faith is gone, everything else falls. Devil comes along and says this, does God love? The answer is yes. Have you ever heard people before? Well, if God is love, why does this happen? God is still love. The reason those things happen is because people don't put their faith and trust in God. Is God love? Does God care? That's what happens. I'm not talking about someone going out and getting drunk. I'm not talking about someone high on drugs. I'm talking about somebody saying, does God even care? Do you know what I'm going through? Do you know the feelings that I have? Understand this. The reason those feelings are there, the reasons that, that, that we just kind of pull back and we, we, we shudder against God is because our faith has been attacked. There will be nothing stop us from putting our faith in God no matter what happens in our life. You say, preacher, it's easy to say. Yeah, but it ought not be hard to do because he's able. He's able. Can God help? Does God help me? Yes, God will help you. And so Satan attacks our faith. That's why he said above all. But then also this. There's the quenching of the fiery darts. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you should be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Two important words there. I think one of them is quench. He's able to put the fire out. And I like the other word that, 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 that is there too. All the fiery darts. There is not, now think about this, there is not one dart that God cannot Through our faith, put that dart out. That faith that you have can put out those fiery darts. Amen. Believe that? Well, I don't know, preacher. It's been really tough. Those fiery darts, they are bad. They are bad, no doubt about it. But we have the shield of faith that quenches the fiery darts. Darts just keep coming. But you know, here's the thing about Satan. Satan's not like the average Christian. The average Christian, you know what they'll do? All of a sudden the troubles come and they want to quit. Why? They get defeated. And what happens? Satan just keeps sending the darts. 
But you know, Satan doesn't quit. He's not like us. He keeps throwing the fiery darts. But you know what? I believe this. I believe that faith that we can have is something we can have forever. Amen. Well, that sounds really nice. And then you go through all your defeated. You go through all the worry. You go through all that. Does God really even care? I don't know. I mean, I, I mean what, I'm, what's happening in my life? I, I just don't see how God even cares. Don't, don't you see what happened? You've let that shield down. And those darts of disbelief, the darts of discouragement has come there. All of a sudden, you know what will happen? You get out of serving God. You get out of the things of God. I'm not saying you necessarily go into deep sin, but I'll tell you what. You quit doing what you should be doing. Amen. And that's bad enough. If he can get our faith to waver, he can get us to do just about anything. And I think this, you know, you know what I think the biggest thing that Satan wants us to do? Are you ready? Nothing. The biggest thing Satan wants to get us to do is to do nothing. When God's people do nothing, Satan has his way. I believe that's why we're, America's in the situation she's in today. Because God's people... Doesn't Second Chronicles seven fourteen still say, "If my people"? I'm like, where's God's people today? Look at the empty spots in churches. Our church and every church today. Everybody I talk to, we go out solely, and I say, you know, we're out inviting people out for church. And I said, you know, a lot of people they go say, "Well, I go to church," and I'll say this, you know, there's a lot of people who don't go to church, and they'll say, "Yes, we see it in our church." It's a sad thing. You know, one of the things. It's not drinking that gets people out of church. It's a lack of faith. I really believe that. It's not drugs that's getting people out of church. It's a lack of faith. Because people turn to liquor because they're not trusting God, thinking liquor is going to help them. Don't make any sense. They turn to drugs because they think God can't help them. I like what Brother Dallas said. He works with these, these, these people, the addiction folks. He said, we don't focus on the addiction, we focus on the answer. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not saying, here's what you need to do, you need to stay away from those drug dealers. Oh, he said, hey, you need to walk with God. You get that faith in God and trust in Him. God can get you through anything, if it's drugs, if it's alcohol, if it's tobacco, whatever it is, if it's illicit thoughts. God can get you through that. Put your faith in Him and trust Him and He can see you through. thought of this this week you could steal just about everything from a person but if they still have faith they can do something and remain steadfast I told you the story not long ago in a sermon about a, a, an evangelist that had everything he owned in that camper that motorhome had his car hooked up to the back of it it was everything he had and all of a sudden alongside the road he caught on fire Pulled over real fast. The thing burned up before the fire department could get there. Destroyed his, his motor home and destroyed his car. Everything that he had was in that motor home. Didn't have a home. That was it right there. It was all gone. But you know that man is still out preaching. 
He's still out preaching. You know why? Because you could steal everything. Satan could take everything a person may have, but he cannot take our faith. We give it up. There's where we get into problems. When it comes down to nothing, you still have faith. I remember many times early in the ministry, it seemed like we always had more time at the month than we had money. Amen. And it just seemed like, oh my, how many times? And you know, it was just we just we just didn't know from one day to the another, and, and and about about food or anything else. But you know what? I saw that we saw this. It was not about how much money we made. It was faith in God would supply. And we always were supplied. It was, it was place, we had to have a place to live. We moved to Pennsylvania. And just, just uh, we stayed in an attic of, the, of a, a preacher's house with a little bitty window here. My wife was sticking her face in her. She's claustrophobic. She's trying to breathe. What happens the very next day, there was a place. And then when we had to move from there, family was moving in from out of state. They needed it, so you got to have it. What happens on a Friday, I know I told the story many times, but on a Friday, we found out that we could move on Monday. And we thought, where are we going to go? And then, where are we going to live when we came here to Pennsylvania to, to start the church? What are we going to do? God said, trust me. We did. And almost 40 years later, we're still living in a house. Still eating. We're still living. You know why? Our faith was not in everybody else. Our faith was in him. It was not in the times. It was in the Savior. God's able. That's why I said, above all, that shield of faith. Satan wants to destroy our faith. Go with me to the book of James, would you please? James chapter 4. James chapter number 4, verses 6 and 7. James chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. The Bible says, But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace unto the humble. Look at verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You see, when I submit myself unto God, that's an action of faith. It says it will cause Satan to flee. I don't know about you. That's what I want Satan to do. I want him to flee from me. 1 John 5, 4 says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Even our faith. Our faith is not in what we see. Our faith is not the result of natural phenomenon. But faith is trust in the one whom we cannot see. Faith is trust in the one we cannot see to do the things we cannot humanly do in ways that we cannot understand or explain. How can God 
shed his blood through Jesus Christ to save sinners. It's something I can't hardly wrap my mind. I can't wrap my mind around, but he did. My faith is in his blood. You know, I don't worry about going to hell. Don't worry about it at all. I said, I listened to Lester Roloff this week, and he said this. He said, I'm telling you, brother. He said, I'm so saved if all of a sudden, somehow, some way, I was sent down to hell for a while. He said, I'm telling you right now, I'd walk around hell, and not one hair on my curly head would be singed. He said, if he took care of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he'll take care of me. He said, that's a silly thing to say. No, that's just showing me this. He had faith. Faith. And that's something you and I can have today, too. I think we, we get our feet all shod, and we get the, and the breastplate on, and we get, the, we get the, our loins girt about, and we have that helmet on, and, and we got all those things there. He says, Above all. Above all. You know, it's almost like we got it all on, we start walking out the door, and the Lord says, ho, 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 wait a minute. You forgot the most important thing. The shield of faith. Here's a military guy, an army man. What happens? He gets his camouflage uniform on. He puts his army boots on. He's got all his patches on his sleeve and everything else, you know, and and he's got it all. He's got his credentials in his wallet. He's going on to battle. He starts walking out, and all of a sudden he's getting off the helicopter or airplane. And he's getting off in Afghanistan, and he steps out there with his uniform on. All of a sudden, someone will say, hey, wait a minute. Are you forgetting something? Why, you need to make sure you've got your gun. He says, but I got everything else. But above all, get your gun. Get your gun. I've got my helmet on. You need your gun. If you will. I know it's kind of a stretch. But our gun is the faith. Above all. Above all, he said, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. A lot of folks today say, well, the devil's really giving me a hard time, and I'm just, I just seem like I can't handle it anymore. Well, maybe take the shield of faith. He's still God, isn't he? He's still God so much that if you're here this morning, you're not saved, he'll save your soul. He's still God. You just put your faith and trust in him. You say, preacher, I don't know if I could do that. Well, yes, yes you can. You trust, you trust McDonald's. When they take all that window, you drive that window, they hand you stuff in a bag. You have no idea who put it together or where it all came from. But you trust them. You still worry a little bit, but you trust them. Right? You go to a restaurant, beautiful restaurant. Andy can tell you this. He's in the food business there, you know. He said, you go there and have a beautiful dining room, but don't go back in the kitchen. I'm sure he could tell us stories right now that it would make you never go back to a restaurant. I knew some guys who used to work at McDonald's, and I, whenever they saw somebody from the other high school come in, I'm not going to tell you what they did to their hamburgers. Take a look. Yeah. And you know what? We trust everything but not God sometimes. Let's have faith in God. If you're not saved, you can trust Jesus today to save your soul.
He can wash away all your sins and give you a home in heaven someday. But Christian, how you doing? You know, here's the thing. You could be sitting in church this morning. You go to church. You bring your Bible. Satan's finding that way in because your faith is getting weaker and weaker. It's only a matter of time you won't be in church anymore because your faith has been attacked. Let our faith be strong no matter what. Amen. Father, thank you so much again for the time this morning. Lord, I believe that this can help us all, and I pray that we'll take serious what we just talked about. We love you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you, Lord, that when we talk about faith, it's not a hard thing because the object of our faith is you. Now, if my faith had, was dependent on the government, my faith would waver really bad. If my faith was just in the doctors, it would waver really bad. But my faith is in you. Lord, help us trust you today. Help us, above all, have that shield of faith. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed this morning, maybe you're here, you're not sure of salvation. I wonder if there's someone to this morning who said, Preacher, you know, if I die right now, I'm not sure I go to heaven Say, so I'm trying the best I can. Well, the best you can do will not do it. What you've got to do is put your faith in Jesus Christ, in the finished work of Christ. I wonder if there's anyone here this morning say, Preacher, if I died right now, I don't know I'm going to heaven, but I'd like to know that. I'd like to put my faith in him for salvation today. Would you slip your hand up, anyone, this morning? Preacher, I'm not sure of that, but I'd like to be sure. I always want to give that option for you there. I want to give you the opportunity, because if you die and go to hell, it won't be because we didn't try. Put your faith in him. But Christian, this morning you're sitting here in church, and it's very commendable that you're here today. I thank you for, for bowing your heads and praying. I thank you for taking your Bibles. I thank you for giving in the offerings. I thank you for the fellowship that we can have. But how's your faith? Is it wavering? It won't be long. You'll be out of church. So preacher, I'm just so discouraged. Oh, it's so hard. No doubt about it. But if I'm looking at myself for the answer, it's going to get worse. But if I put my faith in him, everything's all right. I just trust him. See, preacher, can you see it all the time? No. Faith. Got a home in heaven, haven't seen it yet. But it's there. Faith. Maybe you need to ask God to help you. Maybe this morning you just need to pick up that shield of faith so that you can quench the fiery darts. How many of them? All. Father, bless the invitation time now. I pray that your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.